Good morning, everyone. This is Let's Talk Sports with Tim McCain, and today is College Sports Monday. And uh, today we're going to be diving into a few topics, including uh, Rick Barnes being the possible head coach of UCLA, the Final Four with Texas Tech and Virginia tonight, as well as football. This is the first day on Let's Talk Sports with Tim McCain College Mondays, where we're actually going to be addressing football since basketball is phasing out. So the first thing I want to get into is Rick Barnes. Now, when I think about this one, it's uh, it's rather interesting because I think maybe Rick Barnes was alive when he was born when, you know, UCLA actually was relevant when it comes to winning multiple championships. Now, of course, they've had a lot of big name athletes that went there and they've had some success, but they didn't ever, they have not had the same success that they had since the 70s when John Wooden was there. And that's a fact. I mean, look, emotion or not emotion, the fact of the matter is they have not been dominant since the 70s, since Luau Cinder, since before Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was a Muslim. Okay, that was the last time UCLA actually won something like one back to back to back. Okay, that's when Lou Alcindor was killing them. And then, I mean, they haven't won anything since Kareem has changed his name, since Lou Alcindor changed his name to Kareem. Okay, that just tells you they've won one championship in 95. Okay, and they've had a lot of beat Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love. Alonzo uh, Ball recently just and uh, Jalen Hands, he actually is going to the NBA draft and I believe that he'll be a good pickup for any NBA team. But I'm saying I'm saying this, whoever they get, I believe that UCLA, the fan base has got to be patient. They have got to be patient. You cannot go around saying, oh, well, we're a team of winners. We don't, we don't care about you. If you don't win within the next two, three years, you're cut. No, give that man five years, whoever it is. Now, Rick Barnes, he's been in the game for a while, okay? I mean, he used to coach for Texas. He coached for Texas for, for 17 years, and he's been at Tennessee, and he did a lot of good things. I mean, the Admiral was there. Grant Williams were there. Those, those are legitimate NBA prospects, okay? Those are facts. But I and I feel like, you know, they'll he he could have some success in UCLA. It's a really interesting pickup. What I would probably prefer is someone who is maybe a little bit younger, maybe someone who had been a part of that UCLA um, area and that knows the culture of UCLA. But Rick Barnes does have a lot of winning in his repertoire. He's got a lot of respect in the college rankings. So. You know what? If he were to go there, it definitely would be a benefit for UCLA and they would be successful for a few years, but they definitely would have to get somebody. They would have to get, he'd have to build up an assistant that would stay at UCLA because Rick Barnes is up over there in age. And so you got to be able to, at least he's, he's got to find a recruit, find an assistant so where he retires, UCLA still can be relevant because he can be there for three or four years five years let's say he's there for five six years then after that he's retired because he's old then with UCLA is back in the same problem so I feel like to address the problem to get the success that you guys had from the 70s and and you really want to you if you want to be like North Carolinas and Dukes you have to get somebody who's younger um so I would say if you're going to hire Rick Barnes Hire Rick Barnes, but also with the intent of of, of him like mentoring and him teaching young and a young assistant or an established assistant to become a coach after him. 
That's the only way because Rick Barnes is not going to be a coach uh, for too much longer. I believe five to six years at the max, but he is up there in age. I mean, do you want to, I mean, I don't know. When I, I just feel like, do you want a guy who's, you know, in his 70s and 80s, you know, pushing that? Like Coach K, he's great, but he won't be coaching for the next five, seven years. I mean, he could be, but I, I, I doubt it. I doubt that Coach K will be coaching for the next seven, eight years. Maybe five at the most, but I don't see seven, eight years. I don't see it. Uh, my next topic, but if he does, he's the, he's the GOAT. You know, he's the GOAT. My next topic is Texas Tech versus Virginia. Now, I'm be honest with you. I saw the, the women's basketball game last night, Baylor versus Notre Dame, and it was an instant classic. Back and forth. Unfortunately, with the loss of Lauren Cox, I, 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 can't, I can't talk about it too much because that's for Wednesday. I got to talk about that for Wednesday. But shout out to Baylor for winning the national championship. They were the best team on the court. And I'm glad that it did not get to overtime because then Notre Dame would have won. Okay. But for Virginia for Virginia and Texas Tech, I will say that it will be it'll probably be one of the lowest scoring games in college basketball history. Unless, unless they, these two decide to, you know, hey, let's just go against the grain. Let's just score 80 points. I doubt it. I doubt that they'll score 80 points, okay? Because that's not the way that they do it. They're both defensive type games. Now, it's going to be a hustle game. It's going to be a hard-fought game. Um, but Virginia got shooters. But I'll tell you what, Matt Mooney. He was killing it. Yes, he was killing it the last game. He was killing it. Uh, Jared Culver, he was kind of the NBA prospect. I'm not going to lie to you. He didn't really do enough, um, in my opinion. He didn't He didn't look like a star until, like, the last minute when he, did, when he uh, did a crossover move and then hit that three to help seal the game. But other than that, the people who I was impressed with was Matt Mooney and Tariq Owens. I mean, Tariq Owens... He was hustling. I mean, he was going for rebounds, blocking shots, scoring some points. Had a dunk, a poster in the beginning of. He had a poster over Nick Ward in the beginning. It was just absolutely amazing. Um, but I will say this: Tariq had a lot that he had to deal with. I mean, he got hit in the face by his own teammate. He went for a dive in the ball, then he hit the 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 he hit he hit his head on the floor, and then he twisted his ankle. I mean, this this brother was getting hurt all over the place. I was, I was, and then he came back. So they they literally he could not. He had to be carried, basically helped off the court, and then he came back jogging. Okay, and he played a little bit. Now he's still he's in a boot right now, and uh, he's expected to play. But man, I tell you, that's toughness. Texas Tech, they have toughness. If anything, he might not be as exciting as the Notre Dame and Baylor women's game because that game was exciting. But I tell you what, it's going to be a tough and it's going to be a physical, physical game. And we're going to see which star is going to end up being better. Is it going to be DeAndre Hunter or is it going to be Jared Culver? You know, or it really could be any of those other guys. It could be Kyle Guy for Virginia. It could be Matt Mooney. So you definitely got some shooters on both sides. So it's definitely going to be an interesting matchup. It's not like a traditional, like if it was a boxing match. Okay, I mean, usually the best fights are contrasting uh, fights where one's offense and one's defense. But this one, they're just too, you know what I mean? This one, it's just it's just two defenders going against each other. So it's not always the easiest. It's not always the most fun to watch, 
but I believe it's going to be really good basketball um, from the perspective of the defense. And you want to see who wins the championship, okay? But it is interesting to, to see that the majority of the teams that, that won, they didn't have like legit freshmen, freshmen on. You know what I mean? They didn't have all them All-Americans that everybody always recruits for. The Kentuckys, the Dukes, they weren't on there. They were the seasoned, mature, grown men playing playing for these championship games. And I think that's something to be said about that. The next topic I want to talk about is I want to dive into college football. And this one's interesting because uh, Nick Saban um, actually said that players going early in the draft actually does not do them justice. It actually affects the player. And this is actually going against the culture of what college football or, or what these what these young players are doing in football now because these young football players a lot of them are skipping the ball games because like I ain't trying to get injured like Nick Boza did that uh uh uh, Fernet did something like that where he sat out the game I believe I could be wrong about that but when I I guess what I'm saying is now we you, you there's there's more underclassmen who are sitting who are not only sitting out but they're also they're also get this they're going, they're getting drafted. They're declaring themselves for the NFL draft. And Nick Saban is saying, you're not valuing yourself enough. He's saying, wait a year to get drafted. Because and, and I will tell you what, Alabama, they have a history of guys who would wait and then get drafted and get a certain amount of money. So let's say somebody from Alabama got, they, they went to the NFL too early and they got drafted in the third round. So they get a less amount of money, and they and the agent gets the money. the the uh, The organization gets to save money because they didn't wait a year, and then they'll say, "Well, you can wait till your next contract." Well, fifty percent of NFL players do not get a next contract. Fifty percent of NFL players, from the time they get drafted, do not get an NFL contract. Do not get a second one. And when you think about that, you're like, "Well, maybe." Nick Saban has a point. Maybe you you have to think, okay, if you're a good player, right, you don't want to be injured. I understand that. College football, you have to be be there for three years, okay? But if you go out, if you you declare yourself um, to the draft and you could have waited a year and not gotten injured, you could have made an additional $10 to $15 million more. Than, than if you were to what if you were just to declare as like a redshirt sophomore and then go draft it in the third round. A lot of Nick, a lot of Nick Saban's players have been drafted in the first round. A lot of these players, some of them good, some of them have been bad, but at least they've gotten their money. Because at the end of the day, as an NFL athlete, okay, this is something that needs to be said. As an NFL athlete, the lifespan of an NFL athlete is three years. The three years. You have to get your money up. You have to get your money up because the NFL, they view the athletes like cattle. And, and, and you know, that might be a strong term, but it's a necessary term because you have to understand financial wealth. Figuring out what I can do to help benefit myself and my family for the future. So whether that be playing for the year, playing for another year at Alabama, 
and then waiting to take that extra 10 to 15 million, save it up and invest some and then go out and make some and then you can go out there and make some serious money. Okay, that's what NFL players would get to do. NFL players do not get guaranteed contracts like these NBA players do. So NFL players have to think a little bit outside the box of a traditional athlete because they can't they're not NBA players. They're not NBA players, and not everybody's as good as Antonio Brown. Not everybody's going to force a trade uh, like Antonio Brown did and, and go from $0 million guaranteed to $30 million guaranteed. That's the rarest of the rare. I would not recommend any other player who's not top five best player in the league do that, or that they can get rid of you, okay? And as soon as, and I'm telling you right now, uh, they almost got rid of Le'Veon Bell for doing s- similar stuff. Not the same thing, because he didn't do it the same level as Antonio Brown. But I'll tell you this: if you're an NFL player, if you're if you're a, if you're a high school excuse me if you're a high school recruit, I'd say this: Nick Saban knows what he's talking about. The countless number of athletes that have been through his program, that he has seen, that he has worked with, they have a level of history, of strategy, of success, of what it means to be. An NFL athlete. I mean, Alabama is like, you know what? They're, they're like a minor league NFL team. That's what Alabama is like. I'm telling you. So I will say this. At first, I, I kind of, you know, I was like, well, what's Nick Saban talking about? Is he saying, well, we just want guys to, you know, stay here so we can win championships and I can say I'm the greatest coach of all time? No, I don't think that's what he's saying. Because you know what? In Alabama, it's the next man up. It's the next man up. And so now, and he said it, he said it, he was like, now we just have to build up those young guys and make them out to play because these guys are just going quicker and quicker because that's just the way that it is right now. But I'm telling you, there's something to be said about what Nick Saban said, and I believe that he's right. This is Let's Talk Sports with Tim McCain. Y'all have a great Monday.